This is the Orange Podcast, conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader, and with the weather warming up, it's time to get out and about and tap into some fresh ideas of what the team at Orange City Council has been getting up to this week. Yep, you've taken a dive and tuned in to the Orange Podcast. In Orange, when times get tough, the tough go shopping. And this week on the show, we'll find out a new solution to the very real problem of how a brand new business gets a start when the main street shop fronts are so high. Coming up this week, how a new shop could get a start in a converted container. But first up this week, we'll find out about what's the biggest sector of home buyers in Orange and why the market just isn't building what would suit them the best. You're listening to the Orange Podcast. Orange City Council's meeting this week released this thing called the Orange Local Housing Strategy, an attempt to guide the future of housing in Orange for the next 20 years. To find out some more about that, to see how Orange City Council is guiding the thing that will be the biggest possible investment for Orange families, Mark Hodges is our Development Development Services Manager. Mark, do you get nervous when you're setting guidelines around the biggest asset that some families will ever own? It's certainly been a challenge, Alan. Um, a lot of complexity in this one. Um, it's taken us probably 18 months to prepare. Um, we take into account things like the Australian Bureau of Statistics uh, census data to actually prove how much land we need, what's our growth areas, um, even what are the trends um, that the city should take into account into the future. So I don't get nervous. It's quite exciting. It's been really interesting. And it's a good read. Um so I'd encourage people to have a look. As those documents go, it's, it's got some little gems in there, including the fact that we need an extra 4,000 house blocks over the next 20 years. Yeah, we certainly do. It's um, like the, the city's been growing quickly, as we've seen particularly in the last 18 months, a lot of building pressure. Um, but historically across the board, we look for about uh, 244 houses, house blocks a year that we need to look at. So you just times that by uh, by 20 and that'll give you the uh, about 4,800 blocks uh, we would want to use in 20 years. Uh, this strategy doesn't quite get there in relation to that. It gives us uh, just under the 4,000 mark, which is still pretty good, about 16, 17 years supply which is fine because um, currently we already have just sitting there ready rezoned but not developed about 4,000 blocks already. So effectively, we're almost doubling the market. Let's jump into some of the, the key topics in the strategy. When people who've lived in Orange a long while, who lived through the last drought, and when we got down to 23% of water, we didn't run out, but we had 23% and they see 4,000 new house blocks. Where is the water going to come from, Mark? Does the strategy get into that? Oh, it certainly does. That was a key point we wanted to uh, discuss with our uh, uh, engineers as we're developing this. So they're a key part on this. Uh, it falls back to what's called the Integrated Water Cycle Management Plan that Council's had for a number of years, but they continue to update it. They've also updated it to uh, include in their modelling climate change. So allowing for that, it's saying with the Blackman Stage 2 stormwater harvesting project, when that comes online, which Council's just recently approved and chasing currently the, the government for other approvals, um, that will let us have a sustainable yield of around about 60,000 people. The Orange housing strategy for the next 20 years is, a, is predicting a growth up to uh, 52,000. So we'll still be under that maximum level for, the, uh, for our water supply. Another interesting fact in there is that the question of affordable housing. We're not alone in Australia where uh, lots of nurses, lots of policemen can't afford to buy a house anymore. Um, 
the strategy seems to be working its way towards more diversity in housing. Why is that? Yeah, it's, it's uh, affordable housing comes about when it looks the state legislation looks at the percentage of um, the income that somebody would have to pay to go into rent, and it's looking at the market in Orange is quite hot. You know, it's quite it's it's a, lo- a larger proportion of people's weekly incomes going to their their rent. So what this uh, document will do encourages the the uh, industry to release more land blocks uh, more for, for construction on and also highlights the importance of having the diverse house uh, not just a four bedroom house in in North Orange say but down to the smaller one and two bedroom houses uh, smaller yards smaller houses even down to medium density matters like the west side of the uh, the old hospital block where we go up um, there's an interesting statistic in the report that says, quoting local recent census results, that says that 62% of households of family groups in Orange only have one or two people in them, but only 17% of the houses in Orange have only one or two bedrooms. That suggests the market is very good at building three or four bedroom houses. It's probably where the dollars are. Is it a market failure that this strategy is trying to fix to, to build some more one and two bedroom options? It, it probably more so just encourage or highlights the issue that we need a diverse range of blocks available. So the big blocks for the family, the 700 square metre blocks, 750 up to 1,200 square metre blocks um, for the family to put their four-bedroom home on and still have enough room for kids. But the one and two um, to people households, they don't need that to maintain and people are getting less and less more interested in that and they don't want to travel as far. Orange is starting to, to expand out. So bring that back in, allow for smaller um, um, houses. Now, the market's been there and there's certain builders that have been taking advantage of that and that's the style they build in. But likely, on the other end, there's there's cottage builders in town that they only do want to build the four-bedroom house. So this document actually highlights there's enough for all and encourages, as we're seeing, the growth area in all the, uh, the sectors of uh, development is happening in Orange at the moment. The strategy also tries a, floats a, a mechanism to try and address that, some of the statewide planning controls, something called SEP70, whatever that is, that Orange City Council could opt into and provide some financial incentives to find out a way of building a contributions plan that would uh, help to address, to encourage developers to go in new areas where the, the market might have failed. Yeah, SEP70 is one of the uh, state pieces of legislation that does talk about affordable housing, gives an option for councils throughout the state to bring in a contribution plan towards affordable housing where new greenfield sites might, the developers would pay a contribution to go towards uh, future community housing. Um, that is identified as a task or an action coming out of this, this uh, document um, to be looked at into the future uh, if it were to be adopted by the new council. So... Um, We'll watch that space and see what the trends, but the first step of that would be to find out what is actually needed, as in what's the, um, the, the market trends, the population trends, the income diversity of the city. So it's not just a matter of making a policy. You've got to make sure it fits what we need. It's important to note that this housing strategy is the result of a lots of community input already. Um, last year, you asked for people who are interested in selling land at some point in the next 20 years to wonder about that and put their hand up. How many people, um, de- did lots of develop- potential developers, landowners, put their hand up and say, yes, I'd like to have my land developed? And that, did that help part of the strategy? Yeah, it certainly fed into it. There were 22 submissions received, Alan. Um, the... Um uh, from varying areas of the, of the the council area surrounding the city, um, 
we balance that off with some of our own expectations of where the city could grow. Each of those sites then gets analysed back on things such as, you know, what's the topography like? Can you service it with a road? Or how hard is it to put water and sewer in there? Also, how expensive it'll be. Um, other things that we look at is the biodiversity. What's the tree, tree uh, coverage like, the grasslands, the native grasses, um, through to matters such as water catchment. You have to protect your water catchment, so you don't necessarily like to build in those areas. Um, so it's been, there's a lot to it, um, but there's certainly been the in, in, input from the landowners, but we also had a number of uh, housing forums as well um, in, in that time as well to get uh, the uh, input from different sectors of the community. And that, that consultation continues. If I look on the map on the Yosei site and discover one of these potential housing areas is near me and I want to keep my rural land block, I don't want to sell, I can still have my say now, can't I? Oh, I definitely will. This uh, council resolved on Tuesday just gone um, to put on uh, this this strategy on public exhibition for comment. Um, it goes on until the 21st of uh, February next year. So an extended period That's of time. That's a long one. Yeah, it is. It is. Certainly longer than we need to. But the good part about this is it allows people to have a good look, get some advice and make their mind up. Do they agree? Do they, do they not? Do they want to put different uh, proposals forward or... You know, it's 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 certainly certainly open up to uh, um, other options coming in through that. One of the other aspects, as well as going out into the blocks around Orange, we're also with the strategy looking at going in. There's some closer looks at infill development, uh, how whether or not to make say a granny flat easier, or whether how we try and guard that process. Is is that part of the strategy? Yes, it is. Um, Look, it's not sustainable just to sprawl everywhere. So that's um, it's a good point to to think about is saying um, when you're servicing uh, the the city, um, it has to be controlled in strategic parts. Otherwise, it costs us too much. But also, then if you if you if it's just all over the place, all around town, the growth, you'll end up having issues with even like the cycleways and the walking paths won't be as good, um, and it'll be potentially even harder to drive back into town and people will be reliant on cars. So um, it does rely on more density in towards the city so people don't have to rely on their cars. One of the most um, perhaps um, significant bit of forward planning Orange City Council is going to be doing for the next little while. Mark Hodges, Development Services Director, thanks for your time today. Thanks very much, Alan. If you're interested in having a say on that one, go to the your search for Your Say Orange, look for the details, have a look at some maps, um, leave a comment, do a survey and see how it goes. Thanks for your time, Mark. If you've ever tried to get a small retail business off the ground, you'll know that one of the main reasons why some shops just don't make it is the cost of paying very high rent for a high-profile shopfront while your new business is still finding its feet. What if a new home business could open its doors in a new low-cost pop-up shop just off the main street and then after a while move to somewhere more expensive? That's the idea Orange City Council is exploring as part of its future city upgrade of Orange's CBD. The council has bought two converted shipping containers, fitted out and ready for a keen fresh-traced retailer to move in. Early one morning this week, the two containers were delivered to a site in McNamara Street, about half a block off the main drag, and soon the first two businesses will be moving in. Once the two containers were fully installed and plugged in, I caught up with James Curry from the Albury-based business Wattbox, who refitted the two containers. So the company's been around, I think, about five years. I've been a part of it about three. Um, so, yeah, we, um, we turn shipping containers into cafe, retail spaces, anything sort of custom-made, 
if a client wants a bar or something for a um, an event or something is prim- primarily what we do. It's pretty cool turning the old shipping containers into something usable and something pretty unique. What's the range of things people do use them for? Um, they go from anything. We've got a few at the moment that are up in Tamworth as a sort of cafe permanent fixing for a cafe at a, at a skate park. We've got a few promotional units for the travel around with Jim Beam at race courses and everything, just pop-up bars and, and stuff, and also the supercars for Repco. We've got a few viewing decks and sort of a promotional thing for them. So, Is there anything you can't make a container you do next? Um, not really. I think there's um, always scope to do different things like tiny houses and, and pools and, and things like that, but... Um, yeah, you never really know what's what's coming on next until the plans drop in the workshop. As a retail space in a place like this, how do you think they're going to work? Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think um, from all the work that's been done here, it's um, it's exciting, it's new. Um, yeah, it creates a bit of excitement and it makes it a little bit trendier for, for towns and stuff like that. So, no, I think it'll be good. They're a small space, so is it, does it suit a, a start-up business? Yeah, so um, we've had a, a lot of different sort of things, so... Little startup businesses would be perfect for a little a little space that might get them in, interested in retail and, and look to jump into a bigger space. Yeah, we, we range from 10-foot containers up to 40-foot and even joining them together. So any sort of space anyone's looking for, we can sort of accommodate. The basic shell of a, of a container, it's, uh, it's fairly stable. Does it let you do almost anything? Yeah, it's, it's stable. It's got all four walls and a floor and a ceiling, so we, um, we tend to cut it out. Our steel guys are really good at allowing the right steelwork and frame to, to keep it structural and whether it's doors, windows sort of everything it's um, yeah there's not really much we can't do Describe the fitting you've, you've delivered here So this one here is just a it's a high cube 20 foot container so we've, we've cut out the front put in a picture frame steel frame, installed sliding glass doors and then yeah we fitted out the walls with an OSB strand board on the back walls we have uni slot posts that are recessed behind that that can have um, shelving or bracketry. There's a little self-contained bench top there with a, a sink and hot water. Yeah, there's an air conditioner in there, so it will keep cool and you can warm it up if it needs to be. There's, yeah, running water, everything you sort of need to run a small little business. James Curry from Wattbox. If you're running a new startup business that could be interested in taking a turn in the new container pop-ups, the best way is to get in touch with Orange Business Support Agency, BizHQ, who are handling the applications. You can find BizHQ on Facebook. And thanks for tuning in. It was great to get some feedback from a listener this week about topics you want to hear about on the Orange podcast. Do get in touch, and yes, we'll be bringing you up to date about Orange's new system for Verge Gardens sometime soon. As always, you can download this and other episodes on the Orange City Council website or do that subscribe and follow thing from wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week for the Orange Podcast, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.